Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 129 of Sports Speak. Hope you're doing well. I'm Eddie Kalegi. And I'm Tim Moore. I don't think I'm overstating this. This might be one of our best episodes yet. Now, for the Spotify listeners, we're splitting it into three parts. This is part one. YouTube, it's all together. Uh, first, we're going to be doing our MLB season preview. Zoe Alter is here with us. Raheel Jaswell could not be, but he sent in his predictions for some things. And we'll be going through some of that, talking about the Mets and Yankees in depth as well. So stay tuned for that. Then the uh, internet hero of March Madness so far, Jordan Sarnoff, who Tim and I know from broadcasting camp, uh, the SID at Fairleigh Dickinson. He'll be joining us uh, later on in the show to talk about his experience with FDU and their magical defeat of Purdue. And then later, Haley Galindo joins the show to talk a little more baseball. And she and I are going to have quite the debate probably about the World Baseball Classic. But let's focus on Major League Baseball. Uh, what I'll just say about the WBC, because we're going to have to start with the Mets, I'll just leave it at this. The WBC, I think, should happen based on social media engagement and the players liking it. It should not happen two weeks before Major League Baseball starts. So I'm going to leave it at that, and I'll get into that more with Haley. But of course, the Mets now are without Edwin Diaz for the season. The bullpen is going to be piecemeal. They're relying on two older starters. Plus, you have uh, Alonzo McNeil and Dor. You've got pieces, but not many additions on offense. And the Mets are really just hoping they can sort of run it back like they did last year, except not collapse. But I'll be honest, and then Zoe, I'll go to you. We were talking off the air. We're both worried about this team. I didn't see them as a team that could win the World Series going before the Diaz injury. Now, to me, they look like an NLDS exit. They look like a team that could get there, that could maybe win the NL East, but I don't see them winning a playoff series with the current roster construction. Eddie, I don't even think I see them winning the NL East. I mean, maybe if they were in any other division in baseball other than maybe the AL East, but in the NL East, that's going to be so tough. Like, in order for the Mets to compete there, they're going to need every weapon they have. And without Diaz, I don't even know what I see out of this Mets team. Diaz got us out of so many, got the Mets out of so many situations last year that they would have lost those games. And we know at the end of the year, it came down to like the wire with those games. So for me, I think I think it's going to be really rocky. I mean, I know the Mets have the offense, but there are some pieces that like you and I as Mets fans really wanted to see brought in and weren't brought in. But we know Steve Cohen has the money to bring in, but no one else was brought in. I mean, trades fell through. We saw that happen, things like that. I think I'm worried. I also get worried every time I see Pete Alonso in the World Baseball Classic because he sucks there. And I know he just can't hit to save his life there. But it freaks me out because you come into the season with like – probably your your best hitter who comes in and can't hit a ball in the World Baseball Classic. That doesn't feel good to see. And you're worried, what's he going to do in the MLB? And I know he's going to be better, but I don't know how much better. So for me, I'm on the same page. I have a lot of doubts. Also, I know we didn't really have Jacob DeGrom last year, but I'm still stressed. I'm stressed about Verlander getting hurt. I mean, the Mets seem to have injury woes all over the place. So if another starting pitcher goes down, I don't even know what we can expect from the Mets anymore. We need to make some pitcher signing if that happens, but a lot of people are off the market. And I'm just overall stressed. Alvarez has looked really bad in preseason, which has also stressed me out because well, he's not even going to be on the major league roster yeah, to start the year. No, exactly. Like they had to they had to put him down into lower leagues. So I just I don't even know what to expect right now. I'm very, very hesitant. Normally when we go into a Mets season, I'm a little too optimistic, but this season I think I might be a little too pessimistic, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, now the trend with this, this is the fourth year we've done a baseball preview. The trend has been 
Tim is higher on the Mets than I am, and I'm higher on the Yankees than he is because we both know our teams and that they usually suck and suffer late in the season. But here's my problems with the Mets, and then Tim, you can jump in here. We talk what like Zoe just mentioned. I think Alonso could be in a funk coming out. He did get a home run today in spring training, but I I, I don't I don't care about spring training. You know yeah. what? There, there are people that are pitching. Teams are not trying. You have guys who are definitely not going to be on the major league roster on the mound and at the plate. So my, statistics in the spring does not matter to me at all. So the Mets having to send down Francisco Alvarez, I'm not shocked, but I think there is a concern. I really hope they keep Brett Beatty up because he's been hitting very well in the spring and he looked good last year before he injured his wrist. So I'd like him to be a part of the roster. But my whole thing is this. The Mets fell short last year. They had a good season and then crumbled in September, just like how Rutgers basketball just crumbled last month. That's any team I root for. That's all that happens now. They just collapse as the season goes on. Uh, The Mets did not do much to get better and prevent that. Because their offense is basically the same, give or take a couple of pieces. And if you be, you're completely honest here, the rotation is not that different. The only thing is that Verlander, historically and based on last season, can pitch more innings than Jacob deGrom. But Verlander is also older. I do trust Verlander more giving the Mets consistency for six months. But in a single game still... I'd take Jacob DeGrom over Justin Verlander, but sure, Verlander replaces DeGrom. You can't be hyping up Kodai Senga that much because there is the potential that he's a letdown. We've seen a lot of players from Japan come over and not be able to cut it in Major League Baseball. We've seen other ones exceed expectations, but Senga, I hope he works out, but I think it's relatively realistic to put him at the same caliber as Chris Bassett. Then in the end, the Mets did not improve at all. And oh, by the way, they do not have their closer. Adam Adovino or David Robertson is going to be closing games for this team. So they have a lackluster bullpen, a rotation that was good last year, but is not in that much better. And the offense is the same players. So I still think there's potential to win the NL East now that Hoskins is out and Harper's missing the beginning of the season for the Phillies, and they still don't have great pitching besides the top two. And the Braves, I think, got worse this offseason. But I don't see the Mets going much further. And like I said, Tim, I see them as an NLDS exit. Well, I agree with you. I have the New York Mets as an NLDS exit this year. And for the record, I don't have them winning the NL East. But to be fair... I also think that, obviously, with Philadelphia making the World Series last year, there's this positive mindset about the Phillies, about the future, considering they signed guys like Trey Turner to try to build this roster to get stronger. And yet, it still reminds me to the fact that this team won, what, 80 games last season? Was barely above 500, fired their manager in the middle of the year? So it's like, for the Phillies to to, to do all this in this offseason – if they don't perform this season to a better expectation and maybe even be a triple-digit win team, it's going to be a letdown, to be truthfully honest with you. Um, and I, I feel like they're obviously top competitors up there to win the NL East along with the New York Mets. But the NL East isn't getting easier. You know, the, the, it's it's not getting easier at all. The Braves are the Braves. They're going to continue to play consistent baseball. They're getting their you know pitchers back healthy, too, which is a big thing. So uh, I feel for the Mets to, to say it like this, Eddie, to be honest with you. You know, the New York Yankees problem. I, I truthfully mean it. 
Think about it. What has been my big gripe for the last three seasons about the New York Yankees? It's never been about the pitching. It's been about bettering the offense, the, the that aspect of consistency. And I'm not saying that Steve Cohen is, you know, complacent by any means. But the New York Mets problem last season was that they couldn't hit when it mattered when it meant most. And sure, Steve Cohen going into last season made huge acquisitions and tried to better this team, and it rightfully so did better this team. But pitching wasn't the problem last year. Yeah, you bettered the rotation. I think Senga is going to be a lot better than what you think he's going to be. I think Justin Verlander is going to be Justin Verlander, and this Mets starting rotation is going to be dominant. And to be honest with you, I don't think the bullpen is going to be as bad as what you think it's going to be uh, with, despite Edwin Diaz disappearing uh, for the season. But the true answer is the offense is still the same old offense. Yeah, they're going to hit great for average throughout the season. They're going to put some great offensive numbers. You can't hit when it matters most. That's what concerns me. And that's the problem with the New York Yankees. And to be honest with you, again, unless they get active with trades, which I'm sure, uh, sure Steve Cohen will do as the season goes on, I see the Mets following the same fate as the Yankees of they're not going to hit when it matters in the postseason, and which is why I don't see them really going far this year in terms of competing for a World Series. So let's shift to the Yankees now. I'll let Tim finish with the Yankees because we, we know he's going to have a lot to say. First off, Anthony Volpe better be on that major league roster opening day for the New York Yankees and get a starting position. He is the real deal. He proved it in the minors and he's proved it this spring that he belongs with the New York Yankees. And it would be really a disservice to him and the organization, in my opinion, to not have him in that lineup. The Yankees still have a lot in the farm system. Jason Dominguez, I'm working in Somerset this summer. I'll get to see him play. I know he's going to be a piece for the future for the Yankees, but let's look at the present. The Yankees last year swept by the Astros. Let's be honest, weren't really competitive with them and were almost eliminated by the Cleveland Guardians who barely made the playoffs. And at first it seemed like only got in because the AL Central was so bad. The Yankees also completely snake bitten by injuries from everybody Brian Cashman has tried to acquire in the last year or so. They're almost, it's kind of like the Mets in a way. It's kind of flipped, I feel like, because the Mets are the team that's spending so, so much, but still finding ways to come up short because there's such talent that they have to play against. Whereas the Yankees are trying to make moves and piece a roster together and everybody they think is going to work out gets hurt. So it's really a switch dynamic from what we saw maybe eight, 10 years ago. But the Yankees, I would say right now, in my opinion, are in a better position to make a run to the World Series than the Mets are. Garrett Cole proved he can pitch in the playoffs last year, despite my criticisms of him. If Nestor Cortez is healthy, really the whole thing for the Yankees is starting rotation health at this point. You know your offense is going to be at least decently productive. There's going to be the albatrosses of, you know, IKF and Josh Donaldson and Yankee fans will freak out every time they see them in the lineup. But it'll be combated with the fact that Aaron Judge is still probably going to hit at the very least at the lower range, 35 to 40 home runs, even if he has an IL stint during the season. Stanton's going to be good when Bader's back. He looked great last year, and the Yankees have a lot of young talent in the pipeline. But the rotation, you have Nestor Cortez, who, by the way, got hurt training for the WBC. Luis Severino, who uh, is really the definition of injury prone. And then Carlos Rodon, who, guess what? Missing the beginning of the season due to injury, and he's someone the Yankees paid a lot for. And I'll give Tim credit. 
He said he, that Carlos Rodon was going to be Frankie Montas 2.0. Guess what happens to both of them? They get hurt as soon as they're in pinstripes. So at this point for the Yankees, I think bullpen and then top of the line with the rotation. And of course, I'd say most of the offense I feel good about. But the rest of the rotation could be a real problem for the Yankees. And the AL East, once again, has some stacked lineups. Red Sox did make some good, albeit weird, moves. Rays are always contenders. And Toronto is in the mix. And Baltimore's on the up. So it's not going to be easy for the Yankees. Not to mention, NL's got a lot of good lineups. And since this is our preview, we have to mention, MLB rules have changed this year. You play every team. It's not just 19 games against your division. You only play 13 against your division. You play every team from the other league. The Yankees start against the Giants and the Phillies. So it's kind of crazy like that. Um, But Zoe, looking at the Yankees after the way they got swept last year by the Astros and all these injuries, do you see them them going further than the Mets? Where do you really see is their ceiling this year? I mean, the problem is like when you compare them to the Mets, my hope for the Mets right now is very, very low. So like... If I see them in comparison to the Mets, yes, I see them going further than the Mets. Do I see them, like, winning the World Series? No. I mean, personally, I don't even have them going to, like, the ALCS. So that's just my side of it. But I also, then again, have, like, the Red Sox as a sleeper team. So say what you want about that. But I just feel like, I mean, I've never been that high up on Aaron Judge. You guys know this. I don't think he's, like, the end all to, like, ever grace baseball. I mean, he's a guy. And I know he hit the home run record, but... Half the time when I see him, like, I see him as a guy who strikes out. Like, that's just how I see him. That's how I've always seen him. And I know he hits home runs, too. But he had the best season he's ever had last year, right? He had this crazy season. He hit so many home runs. Do I see him replicating that again? Probably not. He's still going to hit a ton of home runs. I have no doubt about that. But even when he hit all these home runs and he was this star, they still got swept. These things still happen. So for me, do I see the Yankees really, really improving? No. But do I see them going further than the Mets? Yeah, I see them going further than the Mets. All right. Well, Tim, the floor is yours. I want to hear this so bad. Yeah. What, what, how are you feeling about this team? I feel like this is another 4-0 run in the ALCS where the Astros go to the World Series again. That's what I truly feel about the New York Yankees. I mean, I, I don't I, – I was very vocal during the offseason, the fact that I didn't want pitching to be the answer in the offseason – I wanted a guy like Trey Turner. I wanted a guy, you know, like Xander Bogarts that could play the midi- uh, middle infield and turn this offense around. And unfortunately, the answer is we're not going to have that. You know, the, the catching spot with Trevino looks, you know, you know, pretty decent. I'm going to be honest with you. Anthony Rizzo has looked horrific this, you know, entire preseason. And I know that average doesn't really show stuff during spring training. But I'm a little bit concerned about Anthony Rizzo and the production you're going to see over the next, what is it, two years or whatever it is for the contract he signed. You know, a lot of people are high on Peraza. I'm not high on Peraza. I've, I've told you many times Oswaldo Cabrera is just a better hitting Tyler Wade for the New York Yankees. Anthony Volpe is going to be the difference maker for this offense, and I really hope he's on opening day. If he doesn't, the Yankees are doing a disservice to this organization. And really the truthful desire to win uh, anything. And while I would love to see Jason Dominguez, you know, be on the opening day roster, realism is he's what, I don't even know, is it 19, 20 now? It feels like he's been in the minor leagues forever at this point, you know, since he's been signed. But he's still very young. He still needs a little bit more time. And I do hope, you know, early on the season, uh, he finds himself up on this major league roster. But the true answer to this all, to be honest with you, you mentioned Harrison Bader. When does he come back? What does he do? I have faith in Judge 
you know, being productive and being the soul of the defense, being the captain is not a light thing to, you know, take in New York. And I really do think he embraces that. And I'm glad he's the Yankees captain. But the Yankees right now, offensively, the fact that they face is really, they face Brett Gardner dilemma all over again. And what I mean by that is the fact that, listen, yeah, you have Judge, you could play maybe Stanton out in the outfield, but with Bader being hurt, the fact of the matter is that Aaron Hicks is going to be your everyday center fielder, which is something that you do not want, in my opinion. And I don't even want him to make the roster, but we all know he's going to have to be in some in, in some shape or form. So realistically speaking, that's the reason why I push for a guy like Dominguez to be on the roster, but that's just not realistic. So I hope Bader comes back soon, but it, I just want Aaron Hicks DFA'd something. I don't want him on the Yankees roster. Until he's gone, that's when I truthfully think this team changes. But I am optimistic enough that this bullpen and pitching staff, despite injury, can produce a winning season and head back to an ALCS. But by God, this team is still not good enough to win a World Series. And to be honest with you, I'm really rooting for Brian Cashman's failure at this point because I cannot stand him being the New York Yankees GM any longer. You could say, yeah, the best GM we currently have available in New York, but the man has no clue what it's like to win a World Series. He accidentally won one in 2009, and he was handed the keys to the future when he first became the GM. He clearly has no touch in reality and constantly relies on failure. So I'll leave it with that. I just don't think the Yankees are going to win a World Series yet again uh, this season. It's going to probably be the Astros uh, playing some very good NL team losing to them in the World Series. Yeah, here's the deal for baseball, and we'll kind of shift now to some predictions. So first off, little disclaimer, I will have one of my silly fancy graphics out next week with our full predictions. We're going to stay away from the player picks in the show. Uh, We'll share those out uh, on social media, but we're going to focus on like records and which teams are going to the NLCS, ALCS, and the World Series. So for me, it starts with this. There was not that much change this offseason compared to previous years. Most of the powers that be are going to stay the powers that be in both uh, leagues, I think. I think one dynamic that's really going to change things is everybody plays everybody. The AL Central could be awful this year, and the NL Central to an extent for some of these teams as well, because now they don't get to beat up on each other as much. They don't have, they lose out on what 24 games they would have played in division. Now they have to play everybody, including all the best teams. The whole AL central is going to have to play against the Dodgers and the Padres, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies this year, in at least one series. So that I think is going to make some of these bad divisions even worse. So I'm going to first throw out what Raheel had for us. He couldn't join us today. Uh, Shout out Raheel Jaswell doing big things at Newhouse. But uh, his picks were this. Uh, He had NL MVP as Trey Turner. I think self-explanatory given what Turner's done in the World Baseball Classic. Justin Verlander as NL Cy Young. Hey, he did win AL Cy Young last year. Jordan Walker for NL Rookie of the Year. Big prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals. AL MVP, Jordan Alvarez. AL Cy Young, Frumber Valdez. AL Rookie of the Year, Anthony Volpe. He's got the Astros beating the Yankees in five in the ALCS. Padres over the Mets in six in the NLCS. And the Astros beating the Padres in the World Series in six games. So for me, let me start with my two surprises in the playoffs. I think people are severely underrating the Chicago Cubs. They made some big moves this offseason. They add Dansby Swanson. They didn't have all that bad of a year last year after completely gutting the 2016 roster. They're still well-managed. They have a nice mix. They've got some good prospects on the up. And 
I think this is a year with the weak NL Central and some teams that have major flaws in both leagues that the Cubs could sneak into the playoff field. My AL surprise, the Angels, I think now, finally, the combo of Otani and Trout will be enough to push them over the edge to get into the postseason field. They were in that position the first two months of last year, then they collapsed, fired Madden, and everything went bad after that. I think this is the year you're going to also... Think about it. Otani's on a contract year. He wants to, he's going to have an incredible season, in my opinion, both pitching and hitting. And a uh, little disclaimer, he is my AL MVP, but I, I think the Angels are going to get into the playoffs this year. So those are my two kind of surprises. Rest of it, I not, not really anything surprising, but let's start with the NLCS. Again, I said the Mets are going to be an NLDS exit. I have the Mets winning the East the Central goes to the Cardinals, and the West goes to the Padres because I think the Dodgers have some holes on their roster for the first time in many years, especially middle infield with Gavin Lux's injury. As for the wild cards, Braves are going to get in. I mentioned the Cubs and the Dodgers. That's going to be your six-team field. My surprise is that the Phillies missed the postseason. I think Philadelphia is going to come up just short this year on making the playoffs. It's going to be a duel between them and the Braves. I think the Mets are going to win the East, and I think it's going to lull people into a false sense of security, and then they're going to fall apart in a playoff series in October. I think that's a completely realistic possibility. So this is how it's all going to shake out. You get down to it, and the NLCS for me, I've got San Diego making it to the NLCS, and the Padres are going to face the St. Louis Cardinals. I think all of the young talent for the Cardinals, Wainwright's going to have enough in the tank once he comes back from injury for one last good push with this team. And I think St. Louis and San Diego make it to the NLCS. AL side, I think it's going to be another rematch. I think it's going to be a very predictable year at the top of the AL. I've got the Yankees winning the East. Central's going to go to the Guardians again. And the West is going to go to the Astros. The wild card spots, I've got Boston making the field. I've got the Angels making the field and Seattle making the field. I think Tampa misses it this year. Toronto again comes up short. So that's my six for the AL. And then the ALCS, Astros over the Yankees. And as I said, NLCS, Padres and Cardinals. I've got San Diego over St. Louis. So same World Series matchup as Raheel, but different result. Padres get it. And San Diego kind of upsets Houston. And the Padres, finally, it works for A.J. Preller. They win the World Series in seven games over the Houston Astros. So, uh, Tim, I'll go to you next for your picks. Well, starting on the NL side, I guess I'll go with overall the NL East, which I think is going to be the biggest and hardest one to debunk. Um, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies winning the National League East. I just think they're going to end up uh, surprising you know, the, the teams a little bit more, even despite uh, the struggles, you know, they're still going to be relatively healthy when you get to the big portions of the season. Of course, I know no Harper to start out the year, but again, when you bring in a guy like Trey Turner, who of course right now is currently uh, America's hero, needless to say, I think that he's going to really, really push this team forward. So I'm going to see what Philadelphia is going to do this year. Um, I think the 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 Braves are going to be a wild card team. The Mets are going to be a wild card team. Um, and I think the Braves too. They're going to be very competitive. They're going to be you know within a game within a game and a half of winning the NL East. The Mets right there with within I'd say two or three games. I think the Marlins are also going to be a little bit better this year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs though. Um, but the Washington Nationals or the Nationals, I, I don't think they're going to do anything special. Um, so of course, three playoff teams overall on the NL East side uh, going into the Central. Uh, this is where I'll have two playoff teams 
coming from as well. Um, I think that you're going to have the Cardinals winning the NL Central. Or excuse me, I'm not going to have two playoff teams coming from the Central. Excuse me, two playoff teams coming from the West. But I'll have um, the Cardinals winning the Central. I think the Cubs, you mentioned the underdog of the Cubs, Eddie. I think they're going to be a lot better. I just don't think yet they're ready to be a playoff team. Um, I think they still have a little bit of ways to go. Uh, on the West side, I'm going to have the Padres, who are my favorite to to make the World Series. Um, they'll they'll end up winning the West, and the Dodgers end up coming with the wild card. On the American side, of course, I have the Yankees winning the American League East. Um, I think Boston this year, to be honest with you, they're my biggest underdog in the American League. Last year, can't forget, I had them winning the World Series. So that didn't go right. But I think they could be a little bit uh, on a little bit of an incline this year. Uh, Justin Turner, you know, hope uh, everything for him goes nice and that he's able to come back nice and healthy. Um, I think that Boston team's definitely made a couple good moves to make them a, a playoff possibility in a wild card spot. And I think the Rays are consistent, you know, uh, stay in the playoffs. So I think you're going to see them there. Uh, Baltimore, I don't really know how to feel about. I really felt they could have done more this offseason. I think they're going to play 500 baseball, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to be truthfully honest with you for them to make the playoffs. I think the Guardians are going to win the Central on the AL Central side. Um, and on the AL West side, I, I feel like it's a little bit interesting because the Astros are going to win, that they're going to dominate. But man, I don't know. Like, Texas has given me a very good vibe this year, the Rangers. Uh, in regards to what they possibly can do. Of course, you mentioned Otani on a playoff, or I say playoff year, but uh, wanting to make the playoffs on a contract year would be huge, but it's the Angels, man. I just don't think I can bank on them making anything. So I truly don't know, uh, to be honest with you, on that AOS side, what would be the team that surprises? It could be the A's, you never know. Also, I don't really think the Twins are really going to be playoff caliber as much as what, what they could have been last season. So I really think the surprise team could be the Rangers this year, just because of the fact that I still feel that AL West is relatively weak. And if you want to move forward to my NLCS predictions, I have the Philadelphia Phillies falling to the San Diego Padres. I think the Padres are going to go on to the World Series and they'll end up taking on, as I kind of pre-mentioned before, the Houston Astros. The Astros will sweep the Yankees in four games just like last season. And then in six games, I have the San Diego Padres ending up uh, going through, or say, ending the dry spell and winning a World Series that city is definitely desired for a while now uh, over the Astros in six games. All right, well, Zoe, me, Tim, and Raheel all have the exact same World Series matchup with different results. So uh, take us through what you have for your predictions. Okay, so if I'm looking at everyone again, I mean, it's tough because obviously there's some teams that you look at, right? Like the Cubs could be good, but will they really be? I mean, Danby Swanson's great. So, like, I agree with you on the side that the Cubs could really, like, be a dark horse and they could come through. I also... Like, because I'm going to be in Chicago, I'm going to be going to a lot of Cub games. So I feel like because of that, I'm going to want to root for them. So part of me, like, just wants to say, like, I want to see the Cubs do well. And since, like, the World Series and everything. And even though we played on the Braves, I just find myself being a Dansby Swanson fan. So I think they'd be fun to see. As for everyone else, I think the Padres, I agree on that side, will be really scary. I think someone in the NL that I think could really, really step up would be the Diamondbacks. I think if they were to spend a little bit more money and if prospects like Corbin Carroll and people that they bring up have as big a year as people are projecting them to have, I think the Diamondbacks could really cause some havoc there. I mean, there's only so much you can do in a division where you have 
both the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Padres, and then you also have the Giants who always have the capability to like make a run. So I think that makes it hard. But then you have the Rockies who are someone that's never going to come close. So that might help for the Diamondbacks. But I think it honestly depends on how much money they decide to put into that team. For on that side, on the NL side, I have Dodgers versus Phillies. I know you counted the Phillies out, but for me, I think Trey Turner can lead a team and I don't know. For me, like the Phillies have all the pieces when I look at it. So I see the Phillies coming back strong. I didn't expect them at all last year to do what they did. And they blew me out of the water with that. So I don't see any reason why they should fall off in terms of that. Sure, maybe they'll have a slow start, but I think they're going to get back up there. They're going to ramp it up. And obviously in the NL East, like I think they have a real chance to win it because the Braves obviously have lost some pieces and the Braves are still going to be competitive. I'm not saying they're not going to be, but the Mets have lost some and the Braves have lost some. And so I feel this gives the Phillies a perfect opportunity of chance to step up. If they can be consistent and win games, I think they're totally going to get there. So I have them versus the Dodgers in the NLCS because part of me wanted to put the Padres in, but the Dodgers are just so good. And for me, like I know the Padres have these pieces, but we haven't really seen them click. And Tatis is kind of a mess. Like we don't know when he's going to play. When he does play, we don't know how he's going to play. And the whole thing, he's been out of baseball for a really long time now. I just, I'm very back and forth on how the Padres are going to work out. And maybe next season, season I do them, I see them being really good. But this season, I think they're going to need to gel a little bit. And I don't know if that's going to happen in time for them to really make a run. So I got the Dodgers versus the Phillies. And I have the Phillies going to the World Series. I even have the Phillies winning the World Series. I think this is a revenge year. I think you're going to see the same matchup, Astros versus Phillies. I think it's going to take six games. And I think the Phillies are going to come up on top. We saw them play some great baseball in the postseason last year. And someone's got to dethrone the Astros. Like, it's got to happen at some point. So I think that that's a good contender to do it. And... My surprise pick, as I was saying before, I have the Red Sox going to the ALCS. And I think the Red Sox will come up and be a really good team this year. I know Tim talked about it a little bit last year. And especially if you take a team like the Yankees, right, who didn't improve much on offense or has some things. And I told you I'm not the highest up on Aaron Judge. I think there's a real chance that the Re- that the Red Sox could step up and pull something there. And so for me in the AL, I have the Red Sox versus the Astros. I think the Astros will probably beat the Red Sox like pretty easily. Um, but I don't think it'll be a sweep. Probably take like four or five games. And then, yeah, the Astros advance the World Series and lose to the Phillies. So those are my picks for the year. So uh, we've all got the Astros in the World Series. We'll await yeah. Haley's picks. And again, we'll have uh, everybody's thrown together uh, on a super silly graphic that I will be posting uh, in a few days time. But uh we got a few more minutes. Uh, Zoe, one last thing I got to get you since you're the Northwestern fan here. March Madness for Boo Booey and the Wildcats is in the books. You guys won a game for like the second time ever. Uh, so that's that's something. We've actually won the first round game every time we've been in March Madness, which has only been twice. But we've won the game both times we've been in it. So that feels like a kind of record. It does. It does. Uh, you did lose to UCLA, but as you were telling me off the air, it does make you feel a little better than you were not the team that would lose uh, in some crazy way to Gonzaga. That's true. And I also think, honestly, I don't feel bad about that UCLA game because Northwestern came pretty close. Like, I expected to go into that game. Like, I didn't want to watch that game. I remember texting my friends before and I was like, this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, I in one of my brackets had us lose, had Northwestern losing to Boise State. Like, I wasn't even sure they were going to make it past the first round. So once they played UCLA, Northwestern has, they have the power to be really good, but they're not always consistent. And that's my fear with them. However, they came very close to beating UCLA. They made UCLA sweat a little bit, and that made me feel good. So I think they definitely are a better basketball team than a lot of people thought they were. 
And they were definitely somewhat of a dark horse in the tournament. And I think they definitely proved that. Um, I do think they would have lost to Gonzaga, but I think it would have been a really good matchup to see someone. I mean, obviously Chase Adige was, you know, the big 10 defensive player of the year and you have someone like Boo Booey on offense. And I think seeing the Wildcats defense go up against Gonzaga's offense would have been really fun. Um, but overall, I'm very, very glad that Northwestern didn't have to play them on the national scale. Yes. He did go further than Rutgers, though. We did get uh, a win That's over true. you guys. So you guys uh, did. You guys we did. did. We did. So but again, the Big Ten sucks in the tournament. So, you know, they're all out. So the top bad. there were 15 teams standing at one point last night, and none of them were Big Ten teams after Michigan State lost. It's very unfortunate. But uh we'll see what happens. Major League Baseball. Going to be a fun season starting up in just a few days' time. Uh, and we will have our picks again for you on Twitter at Sportspeak Live on opening day. Uh, but we appreciate Zoe joining us. And let's move into our next segment now, part two. Haley Galindo is going to be joining us to talk World Baseball Classic and a little more about the MLB. <laughs> 